0: What's up guys, welcome back to another Daily Bible Reading Snapshot. Today we're looking at Genesis 29 and 30 here in the Old Testament. And Jacob reaches his cousin Laban, his uncle Laban. He reaches him and it's good news because he finds someone to marry. He finds his daughter Rachel that he falls in love with her and he wants to marry her and it says that they struck this deal and it was all looking good for Jacob he found a wife he found someone to to be with and actually he found a family out there with Laban he actually spends 20 years with Laban in his household so to speak and things are looking good but the problem is he is being tricked and he doesn't know about it remember Jacob the one who always used to trick everybody He's being tricked here in chapter 29. He makes a deal. He says, uh, you know, Laban says to him, hey, you're going to work for me. If you're going to be a part of my household, what shall your wages be? And he says, hey, I really like your daughter. I want to marry your daughter, Rachel. Um, And he says, great, let's do it. Um, We'll have you work for seven years. How does that sound? And if you're you're Jacob, you're thinking, hmm, seven years. That's a a long engagement. Um, I guess so. Yeah, let's do it. And it says that Jacob loved Rachel. And it says, The seven years that he spent working for Rachel's dad says they seemed to him but a few days because of the great love with which he had for her. That's one of the more romantic verses in all the Bible. I mean, where do you see such a poetic description of someone's love in the book of Genesis? That's I mean, that's strong love. And again, such strong love Jacob has for Rachel is going to be shown throughout the text and throughout the narrative. And it kind of shows us that right there at the beginning. But it says when it came time for this seven year engagement to be done, he has just served seven years. Laban says, great, let's have a wedding. He throws the wedding, does all this stuff. Um, But when the ceremony takes place and all that goes down, he tricks Jacob and has him legally marry Leah, the older sister. Not Rachel, the younger sister, Leah, the older sister. And Jacob, as you could tell, is very upset about this. What are you talking about? I got married to the wrong... You You had me get married to the wrong person? Why did you do that? And he says, well, that's what we do. That's our culture. We want the oldest to get married first. So that's what we had to do, which was obviously... Uh, it was a, I mean, there might have been some truth in that, but that was a lie. The point was Laban wanted to marry his daughter, Leah Off, who apparently wasn't that pretty. It actually says she wasn't as pretty as her, as her younger sister, Rachel. The point here is that Jacob gets tricked. And that's kind of some poetic justice, some irony here that we read and say, wow, yeah, Jacob deserved what was coming to him. I know he didn't deserve that, but like he's done a lot of evil things, a lot of crafty things, but he gets um, taken out there. So then it says next the father, Laban, says, okay, I guess you can marry Rachel, um, but yeah, you're gonna have to work another seven years. So, but he gives him Rachel the next week. So this week of festival takes place. It's Leah's week, right? It's exciting for her. It's supposed to be a good week for her. But then the next week, Gets married um, again. So two wives now who are sisters, which is always a bad thing in scripture. Whenever people are married to sisters, that's always bad, which that's just a bad thing in general. I would advise against it, um, obviously. As the scriptures show us in the book of Genesis, the ideal is that it's one man, one woman for life. That's the ideal. So this is obviously going outside the ideal, and it's not good. But the point is, God uses it again, just like He uses many things that are not ideal to fulfill his promises. He takes this family, this weird family now, and he's going to bless them and multiply them. And we're going to see the birth of all these kids here. And it's going to be um, this amazing thing where um, Jacob is blessed beyond what you could possibly imagine. Everyone else got minimal number of kids, right? Remember Abraham, who is the child of the promise? One, Isaac. W- with Isaac, who, who's the child that's going to fulfill um, the promise? one, Jacob, right? He gets Esau and Jacob, but Jacob is the one. Now we have 12 sons that are going to be filling this household and they're going to be the tribes of Israel. So really the family of Israel is the family of Jacob. And we're going to see more about that next time. But in chapter 30, we see the narrative and how it plays out when these two sisters don't get along and how they're competitive with one another. And we see that the the fruit of the deceitfulness of Jacob, which led to the deceitfulness of Laban, which resulted in all of this drama and family hardship here that we see. So not good, but the point is God prospers Jacob so much so that um, we see Jacob fulfilling all of the promises of God of the blessing and the prosperity and all that stuff, even against Laban. So he's going to be blessed, and you're going to read how he's blessed even with his flocks and his herds here. So that's our Old Testament reading. Our New Testament reading here is Matthew chapter 10, the beginning of Matthew 10. Jesus sends out his 12 apostles to have authority and to teach for a while, and he sends them out with special instructions. And I want you to see these as special instructions about not carrying um, a backpack, so to speak, not um, bringing any money with them. That is all special instructions. And we see them reversed kind of at the end of the ministry where Jesus said, remember when I told you not to bring a sword and not to bring a knapsack and not to bring uh, money. Now you need to start bringing those things because the point is they're going to go through this short amount of time where they are traveling, preaching, healing, teaching all this stuff, it's amazing, pointing people to Jesus, but Jesus is going to show them that, remember, when I sent you out with nothing, did God provide for you? Answer, yes. Well, in the future, right, when you're going to be persecuted, which again, starting in verse 16, we're going beyond this present situation and going beyond that to the future for these apostles, really It sounds more like the book of Acts here, where the apostles are being described as being dragged before people and synagogues and beaten up and, and giving testimony in front of kings and Gentiles. That sounds like the book of Acts. Well, that is referencing forward to the book of Acts. But the point here is Jesus is telling them, you need to stand strong no matter what comes, because I will protect you. And that's the main theme as you read today. And he says, just remember, the one who endures to the end will be saved. You might be hated for Jesus, but if you endure all that hardship, trust me, that is a a helpful sign that you are right with God and you will be saved. So Christians who are looking forward to our eternal home, even though we go through hardships now, we can look forward to our eternal home and know that every suffering, every time we're mistreated, every time we're slandered, it is worth it. Because even as the book of 1 Peter chapter 4 says, Jesus was slandered. Jesus was mistreated. Jesus suffered unjustly, but he did it righteously. That's how we want to suffer too. If we're going to suffer in this world as Christians, we want to do it righteously. And the words of Jesus here, let them be an encouragement to you, especially if you're suffering for Jesus's namesake today. So thanks for reading. We'll see you back tomorrow for another Daily Bible Reading Snapshot.